Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can follow us both on Twitter at Jack A. Gentry and at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Follow the podcast on not only Instagram, but Twitter as well. Instagram handle at Tighten Up Podcast on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod. Definitely go follow the podcast, but also we are under the A to Z Sports umbrella. You're going to need to follow at A to Z Sports on every social media platform. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Go follow those guys. You won't regret it. Yeah, a lot of you guys have been uh, reaching out to Jack and I throughout the week uh, lately, and it's been it's been awesome. We love hearing from you guys and uh, knowing that you guys are, are in on our inside jokes on, within this podcast and everything. So keep it up. Keep it up. Keep hitting us up on, on the socials. We love it. Uh, this is episode number 39, the... Damon Stafford sewed. <laughs> oh my gosh. 39. Again, we're, we're in that awkward, like high thirties, like guys who like didn't see the field outside of special teams. So like yeah. we're in that era of this podcast. So it's kind of awkward. Yeah. You're, you're right about that. I'm, I'm wondering if there's another 39 and I just can't think of one. I mean, 39 is hard to come by. Yeah. You probably don't remember who wore 39 for the Titans, but I'll tell you this. You'll remember episode 39 of the Tighten Up podcast. Oh, there's no question about that. We are we are breaking grounds on this sode in more ways than one. First of all, we got Teresa Walker of the Associated Press joining us. If that doesn't sound official, I don't know what will. But Teresa Walker, she is awesome. And if you know Tennessee sports, or if you if you like Tennessee sports, I guess, and you, you're already following A to Z Sports, probably. You need to follow Teresa Walker as well because she she covers it all, and we're going to get down in the nitty gritty of the Titans with her. Um, she is she's now our our uncle, no, our aunt, mm, Mother Teresa. That Ooh, sounds I like right. That. I like that, Mother Teresa, and it's fitting that we've got Mother Teresa on because she will wash away the sins that have brought forth upon us when we bring on Mitch Ferkins. Now you're probably like, who's the great Mitch Ferkins? That like you, you may not, maybe you know the name, maybe you don't know the name. If you don't, I'll just say this: Mitch Ferkins is the man known for having the tattoo that went viral, the 2017 AFC champ, uh, AFC South champions tattoo. He got it before the season. You know, he said, "You know what? I'm going to set my sights high for this season. I'm going to get a tattoo for the divisional championship." Obviously, the Titans did not win the AFC South in no. 2017, so we had it changed to 2018. Oh, and well, spoiler alert: the Titans did not win in 2018 either, and uh, and it's still on there on his arm. We uh, we bring him onto the podcast, and let me tell you, it is a wild ride. If you if you stay for one part of this podcast, make sure you hear the Mitch Ferkins interview that we do later on. The dude is. He's a diehard Titans fan, and, and I love it. That tattoo is one of probably 30 Titans tattoos he has on his body. He's got, <laughs> yeah. you'll hear about it. He's got the John U. Smith, his autograph tattooed on his arm. He's got the whole football field on his back. I mean, the guy is a, is a diehard. And look, you, you said, uh, I forgot which player you used for the 39th Sode, but. Oh, one, D- Damon, Damon Stafford. How about <laughs> the Breon Borders Sode? Ooh, I like that. Current, current time. I like that a lot. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Good call. This is the Breon Borders sewed 
Uh, and yeah, which means but, we're going to be sh- shutting down whoever we're guarding all day. But yeah, you guys are going to like this. Mother Teresa will atone for the sins of Mitch Perkins. <laughs> Mitch Perkins. It's wild. Guys. He, it is wild. He had a few of them just in our little 10 minute spot with him. So you guys are going to enjoy that. That's going to be at the back of the episode. Yeah, if you listen to the podcast with uh, like your children in the car, maybe don't listen to that part of the podcast uh, with the children (laughs) in the car. Like if you got kids around, maybe maybe like uh, just put the air earbuds in or Uh something. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're also going to talk about the Titans domination over the Colts, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry. We're going to laugh at the Texans. This is becoming one of my new favorite segments that we have on here. (laughs) Just laughing at the Texans. And, uh, we'll look ahead to the Browns. Plus we got to remember the Titan, um, but uh, before we get into all that, let's get a word for Mill Creek Brewing Company. Mill Creek Brewing Company, 2008B Johnson Industrial Boulevard out in Nolensville, Tennessee. Guys, it's the best place to not only watch a game, but to have a beer. The, their beer selection is unrivaled. Uh, it is unmatched around town. And with, with, with football in full swing, you have to go out there, watch a game, grab some beer. Um, we talked about the Fall Cornhole Classic. An awesome tournament that these guys put on where you can win prizes, drinks, um, you name it, they have it. Uh, that, that that was scheduled for December 5th. It's been postponed to March. So that means you have more time to sign up. Guys, go to Eventbrite. Mill Creek Brewing Company is throwing a fall cornhole classic in March. Tickets are, <laughs> tickets are $25 to come uh, to, to get in as a guest. $200 per team. Uh, go out there, have some fun. If even if you're not playing in the cornhole classic, go out there, have some beer, watch a game. It's it's a really cool atmosphere. They've got an outside patio. It's getting a little cold, so you might want to move inside. But either way, the option's still there for you guys. Uh, Mill Creek Brewing Company, Nolensville, Tennessee. Give them a visit. Tell them the Tighten Up Podcast sent you. Yeah, and uh, I guess with all that said, let's talk tight. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is December second, twenty twenty. The Tennessee Titans are eight and three, and the Titans, the Titans took the Colts on Sunday. If you if you if you missed the game, here's a quick recap for you. The Titans took the Colts, bent them over their knee and just gave them a spanking like I'm sure Philip Rivers does with his kids nine times a day. That was complete (laughs) domination. And Jack, if the season ended today, Titans would be AFC South champions. God, remember that since 2008. Remember when what the Titans had lost to the Bengals and then um, refresh me. They Uh, lost to the the, Bengals and then the Colts and then the Colts. And yeah. everyone was, oh, if the season ended today, the Titans want to be in the playoffs. Well, if the season yeah. ended today, the Titans not only would win the division, but I believe they would have the three seed. Does that sound right? That does sound right. And that, yeah, because it is right. Uh, the, and last week, remember last week, we started, we started the podcast kind of making fun of those people that say, you know, if the season ended today, you know, we said, well, okay, if the season ended today, would the Titans would be in the playoffs. And then you said, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said, hey, let's not end the season today. Let's end it next week after we take the AFC South crown. That's right. And Jack, I don't want to call you a prophet, but my goodness, dude, you're freaking, you're, you are, uh, uh, Madam, uh, what's her name? Madam Zeroni? 
No, no, Cleo, Miss Cleo. That's who you are. You're Miss Cleo. <laughs> I was doing a holes reference, but yeah. No, I, <laughs> look, you had to know the Titans would bounce back. This team is too good to 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 kind of just falter, you know, in the wind like that. So, yes, now that's in the season. Okay, the, the Titans don't like <laughs> yeah, yeah. look COVID. They, come on, <laughs> they they haven't won the division yet, but the schedule sets up to where um, you would expect them to get this done, especially with a tiebreaker when it comes down to divisional record. Titans have that. Colts would have to really pull something out of their you know wares to uh to 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 get that divisional uh tiebreaker. Titans have the Jags, the Texans, the Lions, the Packers, in no specific order, obviously. The Browns as well next week. Um so so look, this domination that we saw on Sunday, Mike Vrabel wasn't happy with in his presser. Okay. He he saw some things that he he thinks needed to be fixed. They they weren't hitting on all three phases like they hoped they would. But that only gives you hope. Look, this team hasn't peaked yet. It's still on the incline. And with the way the defense is playing, they, they're kind of holding their ground. They're, they're holding the rope finally, which is all they needed to do with this offense. And this team it really feels like they're back. They've improved so much, and they're back to really looking the part of an 8-3 and three team. While they might not have looked the part of that 5-0 and o team to start the season. Yeah, they look the part uh, that they did when they had that 4-0 start. They look like that team. They, they they went away for like a three-game stretch there, three or four-game stretch there in the middle of the season, but now they're back, and they look they look great. And I love, I do love that Vrabel was not completely satisfied with the team because you could say in the second half, they did kind of let their foot off the gas a little bit. Like the, the game was in hand, had that 21-point lead, and they just kind of eased up the defense – started committing bad turnovers and the and the Colts kind of got back into the game a bit. Obviously the the onside kick that AJ Brown housed that was, awesome. uh, was like com- completely just put was the nail in the coffin for the Titans which was incredible. But that game on Sunday, the the massiveness, can I say that is that even a word? Massiveness, the massiveness of say. that game. According to Sportsline, NFL playoff percentages. Okay, I'm just going to run down this list. After Sunday, the Kansas City Chiefs sit 100%. 100%. So there's nothing they can Congratulations do. Congratulations on making the playoffs, Chiefs. What a shock yeah. that is. Yeah. They, they without officially clinching a playoff spot, they have uh, apparently, according to Sportsline, or, or have they? Have they clinched? I don't think they have yet. I don't think anyone in the AFC has. No, I don't know that anyone has either. Just because of that hodgepodge of teams that, you know, six, seven, eight wins. Right. So, but according to Sportsline, they've got 100%. Pittsburgh Steelers, who haven't lost a game yet this year, 99.9. So somehow they are less than it's the Chiefs. Looking good for the Steelers. Yeah. I don't think they're going in. I don't think they're they're going to be golfing in January. <laughs> uh, and then right below that, though, the Tennessee Titans, 98.4%. So that feels good. Titans currently sit in that three seed, and they currently sit in that three seed when it comes to the playoff percentages. Uh, getting playing in January. And this, now, this is the way it's kind of looked all season. You know, the, the Chiefs and the Steelers are yeah. probably your two best teams as it sure. stands today. But the Titans are, are, have proven to be that third team. They beat the hell out of the Bills of a Corona week and a week and maybe two weeks of Corona where they couldn't even get in the facility. Yeah. Um, so so they, they have the tiebreaker that they definitely deserve there. I'd put the Titans at three right now. I mean, they, look, the Steelers game could have gone either way down the wire. If Goskowski makes a kick, they go to OT. And who knows what happens in OT, but look, I, 98% is, whew, I love that. Well, and the reason I bring this up is because you've got the Indianapolis Colts at seven and four, 
their play chance to to make the playoffs 58.4 percent mm, that could have been the titans that is a 40 percent drop in playoff percentage chance chances of making the playoffs and they they sit outside as it currently stands it, with those playoff percentages they currently sit outside the top seven of, of the teams that make the playoffs that like you just said that could have been the titans that's how big that game on sunday was was where it's you're basically guaranteed a spot in the playoffs where and then you're just barely above a coin flip of getting into the playoffs with that loss so can't be overstated enough just how big that win was loved every second of it i'm so glad that the titans you know we talked about it three weeks ago if we can if the titans can get through that Colts, Ravens, Colts stretch with two wins, you're sitting pretty. Yeah. Sure enough, here the Titans are sitting hella pretty right now with two win- winning two of those three games and being in the driver's seat. And after losing to the Colts in that first game at home in Nissan Stadium, you were looking at those next two games saying, man, which one is more important? Which one do we, yeah. you know, do, do the Titans really need to win? Uh, yeah, because then it looked like, with the way like the Titans were playing then, it looked like they were only going to win one of those. Yeah, you're right. And look, where the Colts sit now, if something goes wrong, if even something tiny goes wrong, say, you know, uh, your entire quarterback room gets the coronavirus or has contact tracing, looking at you, Denver Broncos. Um, <laughs> they, look, th- th- that's a game that they can't afford to lose. And that's a tough situation now. When you look at the Titans, yes, they, they, have, they have a little wiggle room now. But they also have herd immunity. So if if the coronavirus tries to come back in that locker room, I don't know what it, what really impact it might have. Knocking on wood, of course, because I don't want to put a voodoo hex on the Titans. But look, love where the Titans are sitting. Can we talk about not not only Derrick Henry turning it on, but what a special talent AJ Brown is? I mean, this yes. guy is the real life Booby Miles, Austin. I was talking to you about this before the show, and it's kind of like that scene where scouts are in the stands with Booby's uncle, and Booby's uncle is just hyping him up. He the boy will fill up the Gatorade cooler, walk the dog, and paint your back porch. Boy, the five. Booby, that's my nephew out there. The boy can play some football, I'm telling you. He can block, tackle, score the touchdown, snap the ball, hold the ball, and get the extra point. Hell, the boy will fill up the Gatorade cooler, walk the dog, and paint your back porch. I'm telling you, that boy can flat out play football. I mean, that's what A.J. Brown does for the Titans, right? And he's only in his second season. It's so exciting watching the new things that he really surprises Titans fans with week in and week out. Oh, and he can pass. Yeah, you want to win, put Booby in. That's, <laughs> that's. I mean, I, now I hope we're not like putting a hex on him, like with a, you know, like a season ending MCL sprain or anything like that, where, you know, he has to go all the way up to Midland to get his MRI. Like, no, oh, I, yeah. Booby. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let, let's hope. Yeah, it's like the it's like the first three years of Booby's high school. Also, career. is it the second week in a row we've had a Midland, Texas reference? I think John Glennon had one last week. Yeah, what's yeah. the deal? <laughs> you know, we're just we're we're big Midland League uh, fans <laughs> here on this pod. Permian can suck our ass. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, AJ Brown, man, the dude is just he's special, and it's so nice because and we've talked about it it's been one of the th- ongoing themes of this podcast since we started back in March wide receiver just isn't a thing that Titans fans are used to. Like mm-hmm. it's not, 
There's never been that moment. And when there was that moment, uh, the player would normally get arrested running the opposite direction up and on. Uh, <laughs> so like sometimes that happens. So it's nice to finally have not just a, a wide receiver. That's great, but a wide receiver that's could, you could argue is one of the best in the sport. Uh, obviously like there's that, there's that race of, uh, DK Metcalf versus AJ Brown, uh, you know, type of, um, uh, rivalry going on. And, I love it because yeah. I went to Ole Miss. So did well, they. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're Ole Miss rebels. Yeah. All the running rebs love that fact. Um, but, and, and DK is kind of getting more of the attention, which I understand plays in Seattle plays in kind of like that more, uh, well, he's the best deep passer in the game, and he runs. You know, he runs. A right, couple, he has a the better quarter. Yeah, he has the better quarterback. He has. He plays in the bigger market, or at least the bigger football market right now. Um, and and in that photo of them posing shirtless, he has. Uh, I think he has an eight pack, whereas yeah, uh, AJ only had a six pack. So he's built like Optimus Prime. Yes. Right. So I like. I get it. I get it. Um, but it is cool that it's like. I mean, how often have the Titans had a wide receiver that is even in the conversation of someone like that? And you're completely right. But now they also have one and a half bordering on two receivers that can yeah. that can really step up. Corey Davis. A banana bread. Corey Davis is coming right back. Look, he had another 70-yard game, three catches, 70 yards, that 37-yard bomb included in there. He's really stepped up, especially over the last two weeks after tragedy struck the Davis family and everything yeah. that went along with his, his brother's passing. But – Corey Davis is showing flashes. He yes. he's doing it more consistently than he has in the past. He's stringing together hundred yard performances. He's putting together monster catches in big games down the sideline. Uh, I I like Corey Davis. Um, and what what he's doing for this offense is really helping. And yeah, you pair AJ Brown with that type of receiver that can kind of hey, don't forget about this guy over here. You can't just shadow me because right. Corey Davis can hurt you. It, it makes this offense more. It, yeah, he makes this offense more elite. Because it is, it's, and it's not something that this offense necessarily had last year. Obviously, AJ Brown went off, you know, around the turn, like once Ryan Tannehill took over. Uh, but you saw like kind of John U. Smith being more involved with the offense, and whereas this year you're seeing both wide receivers being utilized, and it's something that it's awesome. It's so much fun to watch, and it's so much fun to see, and and. You can't they exactly like you said, like defenses can't focus in on AJ Brown because Corey Davis is right there. And I'm excited to see how that plays out. And not just down the stretch of the season, but when we get into the playoff time, because guys are going to be focusing on Derrick Henry. Guys are going to be focusing on AJ Brown. And then you've got a you've got weapons. You've got weapons like John U. Smith. You've got weapons like Corey Davis. Even even the backup tight ends, the the um Jeff Swain. I was going to say Jeff Swain needs at least an ounce of love on this podcast. Oh my gosh. Jeff Swain. Uh, other than the way he, he spells his first name. He's perfect. Oh, just like sharks. Isn't it? Yeah. He's, he's a G off. Yeah. He's a yeah, G off. I don't want to, but Hey, is Corey yeah. Davis even the best Davis on the Titans? He's great. He's, he's having a good year, but Nate Davis is blowing, blowing people away. Second year in the NFL. He didn't even start until a few games into last season. Anyways, so this is really his first year to start all 16 games. Hasn't missed a snap all year. He's probably been the best run blocker on the team. Sure. Just in terms of consistency. And, you know, they always say availability. The best ability is availability. And that's what Nate Davis has been for the Titans. He's He was he came out of college. His third-round pick out of Charlotte for the Titans last season. 
and everyone knew about his run blocking ability, but it's his pass protection that's really, really improved this season. Hasn't allowed one sack and on an offensive line that really can't afford too many mistakes as it is with injuries already just depleting the unit week in and week out. It seems, you know, Caleb Lewan's gone for the year. Sam Brillo drops. Now Quesenberry's elevated as the third left tackle. Saffold's been out. He's, he's battling nagging injuries as well. Uh, and in that right side, you have Dennis Kelly as a right tackle. He's done a good job. Just, just I, I know he's a you know one of the more useful uh, swing swing linemen in the game. But Nate Davis has been really good. He needs some love. He's opened yeah. things up for Derrick Henry. Although Henry doesn't need much help, uh, Davis has given him a little room. One more name I want to throw out before we get to uh, Derrick Henry: David Quisenberry. Yeah, my man. He went. Dude was incredible on Sunday and. Uh, the entire offensive line deserves all the praise because it, this is like a, it's an offensive line that's being held together by duct tape or no, 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 screw that. It's not held together by duct tape. It's held together by flex seal. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and it is, it is proving to be even better than it was before uh, with all the injuries. Like they're, they're opening up holes. They came out and I love the tone that they set right from the get go. First quarter, march right down the field and score. Next drive, march right down the field and score. They're setting the tone early, which I love because uh, during that stretch of games, there that rough patch in the middle of the season, they weren't doing that. They were they were struggling to get off to a fast start. Now they're getting off to fast start. They're putting the pressure on the opposing team, and the Colts couldn't handle that heat, so they had to get out of the kitchen. And David Quesenberry was a huge part of that. And to fill in that, that's probably one of the toughest jobs Outside of quarterback, probably the toughest job in football is the left tackle position. You have to do so much, and you have to know so much about the a lot sport. Of pressure. And yeah, he's filling in for one of the sports best with Taylor Lewan, and he came out there, and I just love it. And it's a dude who who's overcome non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's he's had injuries galore up until you know, I think he's been in the league since like. 2011 or 2012. Yeah, look, he caught a touchdown pass for the Titans against the Colts last season. Maybe it's just That's when the true. Colts come around, Quesenberry just pops off. Hey, but, I, hey, yeah, I whatever wanna, it may be. I want to praise the defense real quick before we get to Teresa. Um, they, they played well again. Look, held the, I think the Colts started off one for seven on third downs. They finished five for 13. So the defense kind of did their job there and getting off the field. Um, Breon Borders is really impressed. Yeah. Uh, he, he had a pick. He had his first pick as a Titan. Um, so, so, so look, I know that the defense looked like hell a mere two weeks ago and not much could have possibly changed just in terms of personnel and scheme and everything. But for whatever reason, it looks like they're, they're starting to turn the corner. I don't think that this roster, the way it was playing I and mean, looking at it on paper is as bad as how they played to start the season. It's just not, I, I think there's too much talent on that side of the ball. So maybe just maybe they're kind of turning this corner and, and Potentially, dare I say, peaking at the right time. I yeah. Well, I I don't know when is they're I, beginning I like a peak. Hopefully, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They are climbing the, the mountain. They they have they have just began their incline. I was gonna say yeah. You don't want to peak now. No. They're, they're just oh, the, if the it's peak, the peak the, we need the, more. the we ascent. Need yeah, yeah. Start I, the ascent. Yeah, yeah. That's our that's our that's our peak update right now here on the Titan Up podcast. Uh, before we get to Teresa, I, I'm not look. You know me whether it be on, on Twitter, on this podcast, in real life, uh, when when I'm the intimate moments with my wife, I am always talking about how much I love Derrick Henry. Yeah. And I'm not about to I'm not about to uh, get to Teresa Davis or go any further in this podcast without t- 
talking about my love for Derrick Henry. And my man came up huge on Sunday. And let me let me tell you this, Jack. Over the last three seasons, there have been three men on planet Earth who have eclipsed 100 yards against the Colts, who uh, the Colts, very good defense, I might add, especially this season. This season, they've been really good. Who are these men? Okay, so one of their names is Derrick Henry. I knew that. He's done it twice this year. Sure. Another is also Derrick Henry. Oh, we okay. And the third. Oh, hold on. Can I give it a guess? Sure. Might it be Derrick Henry? Yeah, it's also oh. Derrick Henry. I mean, how about that? All the all three of those guys have the same name. Like, what are the odds? Like, it's <laughs> it's wild. That is wild. It, you, you never it, think that Derrick Henry is that popular of a name, but I guess when you put it that way, it might I be. I mean, yeah, it's two first names. That's for sure. So maybe people just, yeah, they have a thing for it. Um, but yeah, three guys, all named Derrick Henry, have, have eclipsed over the last three seasons. The only 100-yard rushers that defense has had. Matt Eberflus, fun fact, Matt Eberflus Colts was, the defensive, mm-hmm. was, the, was the defensive coordinator at Mizzou when I was uh, a walk-on there. Oh, I'll say this. He did not have Mizzou's defense as finely tuned as he has the Colts defense right now, <laughs> but he, you know, he did well. He's a, he's a great, great coach. Great guy. Uh, for whatever reason, doesn't have the, uh, doesn't have the ability to stop Derrick Henry. And I, I kind of love that about his defense. It's my um, favorite thing about it. <laughs> uh, only two players in franchise history have rushed for 10 plus touchdowns in three straight seasons. One of those guys named Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. The other one? Uh-oh. It's named Derrick Henry. Oh, wow. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, it, the second one was Earl Campbell. <laughs> so Derrick Henry and Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell, a guy who has his number retired in the Titans franchise. Uh, Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like, okay, well, that's that's such a that's such a niche stat. Okay, let me do you one better. One better. All right? Players with at least 1,250 rush yards, this is so specific, 1,250 rush yards and 12 touchdowns through the team's first 11 games, okay? Which is, those are incredible numbers. That is a bit of a cherry pick, but I'll allow it. <laughs> Judges? Yes, we will <laughs> accept that answer. Uh, those players, okay? You ready for this? Terrell Davis, 2,000-yard rusher in the yeah. Hall of Fame. OJ Simpson, 2,000-yard rusher. Also in the Hall of Fame. He's got a bit of a different resume, but yes. Yeah, yeah. May, may have uh, committed double homicide. Uh, <laughs> we don't know. Leave that up uh, for debate. You guys can decide that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> rest in peace, uh, Nicole Brown. Uh, <laughs> Sean Alexander, Heisman Trophy winner, uh, I think, right? No, 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 not Heisman Trophy winner. But uh, very good running back. Should probably be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think he is yet. Emmett Smith, just the all-time leading rusher in mm-hmm. NFL history. He's the only reason the Troy Aikman's in the Hall of Fame. God, I hate Troy Aikman. All right, keep uh, going. Aikman's Sorry, I don't want to sidetrack us. I, I hated him as a player. He's all right as a commentator. Yeah, right he's not bad player. as a commentator. I just don't like him as a player. I, I think he, his Hall of Fame nod was unworthy, and then you know he didn't really have to do anything besides give it to Irvin and hand off to Emmett Smith. This is a rant for a completely different other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, going back to the list, uh, Eric Dickerson, goggles, 2,000-yard rusher, also in the Hall of Fame. Jim Brown, ever heard of him? I've heard of him. He's the in the only, Hall of Fame. The only notable thing about the Titans' upcoming opponent this week. Mm-hmm. 
And oh, there's one one more name on this list. Let me see if I can hold on. I let me see if I can make this out. Oh, Derek Henry. Oh, his name just uh, keeps dude, popping up. I'm just saying, like th- this dude is putting up Hall of Fame numbers this season, and it's I. He's kicking just, down a lot of a lot of the same doors some of the NFL's greatest running backs have as well. Thank you. That's what I was trying to say. Thank you. I I I like I just I get so flabbergasted when talking about Derrick Henry. I just don't know. I I just can't put words together. I get like it's you know it's like whenever you're around your school crush in middle school, you know you start peeing down the side of your leg. Well, <laughs> my pants are turning yellow. So let's go ahead and just uh, Derrick Henry starting to be mentioned in the MVP conversations and instead. Instead of giving you my take on that, um, I don't think let's let's not get our hopes up about Derrick Henry winning MVP. A running back hasn't won MVP since 2012 with Adrian Peterson, and before and that, as, two, as 2006 as, with Ladainian Tomlinson. I was going to so, say as long as Mahomes and Wilson are are, are playing, you know, Henry's probably not going to. And look, the national media doesn't give the Titans as much attention as they probably deserve. Um, yeah, so that's another thing that goes into it. Whether you like to hear that or not, Teresa Walker mentions that as well. Right. I'm going to ask Teresa all about uh, the, the chances of Derrick Henry winning MVP. And just 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 know, like, it's it's a long shot. But let's raise hell on Twitter. Let's let's you know, Titans Twitter has a little bit of vol Twitter to it. Let's freaking raise hell and get, uh, get start throwing out the names, because then those uh, national writers will start to see that and be like, huh, what about Derrick? Henry? And, and if there's one thing national writers love. It's to have a ridiculously outstanding take from all of their peers. That's right. Derrick Henry and could so if, be that that key. So if more guys are like, hey, let's get Derrick Henry. Yeah, what about Derrick Henry as MVP? You know, like, oh, Pat Mahomes. I'm kind of bored with Pat Mahomes. Oh, oh, oh. You know, it, it talks like Kermit the Frog. I, I want to go with someone new. What about the guy with the raccoon tail sticking out the back of his helmet? Give me Derrick Henry. Stop putting ketchup on your steaks, America. Patrick Mahomes is long gone. It's Derrick Henry's I'm, race to lose. I already have, and I hate Twitter age because we move on from things so quickly, but I already have Patrick Mahomes fatigue. I'm so, I'm just annoyed. I'm annoyed with Patrick Mahomes, and, and everyone's like obsessed, like how everyone obsesses over every little thing he does on the internet. Um, before we get to Teresa Walker, let's talk to you with about mybookie.ag. Uh, MyBookie.ag, guys, if you're into sports betting, which if you're living in Tennessee, you should be. Some of us have to live in Missouri and can't get to sports betting right now, and it kind of sucks. And I'm very jealous of all of you who are in Tennessee. But if I was in Tennessee, I'll tell you this. I would be going to MyBookie.ag using code MYTITANS at, uh, to double my first deposit up to $1,000. And now you're probably like, well, I don't even know what to bet. Like, I'd like to bet, but I don't know what to bet. Well, let me tell you, my guy Jack Gentry does my best bet every Saturday morning on the A to Z Sports social media, and he gives you a bet. And Jack, should should I ask? What, how are we? Did we did we win? Last look, the week? bet lost this week. Okay, it oh, this uh, week. look, it, it, nobody's Jonathan perfect. Smith, he didn't even get targeted. I don't understand. It was just thirty three and a half yards. But look, the best bets are eight and four. They're a sure thing. They're as sure of a sure thing as you will find. Titans best bets Saturday mornings. We repost Sunday mornings. Keep an eye out. This week's winning, and I already think I have an idea of what it is. Stay tuned to the end. We'll do a what's next. I'll give you a hint. I'll say this. I I don't blame you, Jack. I, I started John U. Smith on my fantasy team this week thinking he was going to go off. Yeah. In fact, there was a point 
it's a big week for for fantasy as well. You can't have any zeros in your lineup. Playoffs are right around the corner. Right. There was a point last week where I had Jonu Smith, Corey Davis, and AJ Brown all starting in my lineup. I and then I ultimately I pulled contract Corey uh, and left AJ Brown and Jonu in there. But Jonu got me nothing. So I don't I don't blame you for like I thought he was gonna go off too. Uh, but mybookie.ag use code MyTitans double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. Let's get to Teresa Walker, Mother Teresa, the first female guest, bringing some lady energy up in this podcast. Let's get to her and uh, talk to Guys, I say it every week that I'm stoked for our guest this week, but I, I legitimately mean it this week because we are... Uh, we're breaking new grounds, I guess, here on the Tighten Up Podcast. Our guest this week is AP Pro Football Writer, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year, 2020 TSWA Hall of Fame member. She covers the Titans, Predators, Grizzlies, college football, and hoops, just like A to Z Sports. She's literally a jack of all trades, I'll say, or I guess, no, a Jill of all trades, uh, she is. <laughs> Follow her on Twitter at Teresa M. Walker. She is Teresa Walker. Teresa, how are you? Well, I'm good, Austin. And and I like the I like that. Jill of all trades. So yeah, yeah that absolutely. The, but, but the NFL has been my first love for a very long time. Well, I I mean I say you're probably one of the more uh credible and established writers that we've got covering the uh the titans and it, we're, we're jack and i are stoked to have you on i gotta ask you this you've been you, you are the first female guest that we've had on this podcast so i have to ask you which do you think is the greater feat sarah fuller kicking for vanderbilt or you joining the titan up podcast well, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it to Sarah Fuller because she, <laughs> I, and I know that she's taken a lot of criticism. It's like, oh, it only went 30 yards. She kicked a ball in an SCC game. The first woman to do that in a Power 5 conference football game, that's a little bit more impressive because, you know, there was a chance somebody went and gave her a pop, you know, you know even though she was all padded up. Uh, and, and let's face it, at some point you were going to give me a call, right? I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've been covering the Titans since they moved here. I mean, I literally interviewed Jeff Fisher in an office at TSU when there were boxes up and down the hall that they were still unloading the moving trucks from Houston. I love it. I love it. I, okay. I, I, so we'll say Sarah Fuller just narrowly edges you out. The Tied Up podcast doesn't have that clout yet. Just yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe next year. Yeah. Maybe if this was like the F words pod or, you know, or any of those other guys. <laughs> Broadway sports maybe, but uh we got to still build some credibility like Teresa has. Um, Teresa, okay, now I'll ask you a Titans question. Okay. Uh, legit Titans question. Derrick Henry, uh, I'm sure you've heard of him. Uh, really good running back for the Tennessee Titans. He, this is like the time of the year where he starts to pick it up. He starts to just pick up steam and just lay into teams. And we saw it a little bit on Sunday. Obviously, the Colts wanted no part of tackling him. My question to you is, is there a chance that he – is there a chance he could win MVP, basically? Odds are against him because he is a running back. Yes. But 
but he is now a known quantity. And he led the NFL in rushing last year, and he's leading the league again, essentially most of this year. And I think maybe one week, you know, somebody nipped him by a few yards here and there. But, you know, he has that with him. And he, everybody saw him carry this team to the AFC Championship game just in January. So that name recognition is there. Uh, the recognition of what he's done, the fact that he has helped them to back to the top of the AFC South, help absolutely plays in that position. And, you know, shoot, Peter King, I haven't had a chance to read his column, but, you know, he said that after watching Sunday's game, he could see the Titans beating the Chiefs or Steelers to get to a Super Bowl. So that to me shows that the national media, the people who, you know, Peter King, you know, unless he's slipped off our list, he's one of those voters in the Associated Press votes, which helped select the MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, all those awards. That tells me that his name is in the mix and he's absolutely being considered. Now, it would be a throwback. I mean, it, it, it takes something as a running back to be in that conversation, but he has put himself in there. Why? He is trying to become the first running back since LaDainian Tomlinson to lead the league in rushing in back-to-back -back seasons, and it hadn't been done since 06-07, so it is a rare feat. So he's he's checking the boxes. He's having incredible performances. He's, you know, helping his team win, get to the playoffs, you know, get to the, to the edge of a Super Bowl. He has them back, you know, searching for a division title. He's checking all those boxes, and if he can finish up as strong in December as we've seen him play in December the last two years, then I, I think he will be in that conversation. Now, beating out Patrick Mahomes might be impossible, but you know, if Derrick Henry plays the way he we have seen him play in December, he is absolutely going to have people thinking just what he means to this team because the Chiefs. Titans have some talent. They have more offensive talent than we've seen on this roster in a long time. But that said, Patrick Mahomes, as incredible as he is, and he is absolutely amazing, there's a lot of talent on that Chiefs team. And you could say, you know, would they be close to where they're at without Mahomes? You know, you kind of have to think maybe. Now, would they be, what are they now, nine and one good? You know, probably not, but, and he is important, but he is in that conversation. So, you know, how close he, he, he pulls and, and closes that gap with Mahomes is going to all be decided over the next five games. And the MVP is kind of a quarterback. It has a quarterback bias to it, right? AP was the last guy to win the award in 2012. And you could really probably give Mahomes or Russell Wilson, one of the two, uh, now that Russell Wilson hasn't even gotten an MVP vote, which is a sham in itself. But it's a quarterback award, and you could really give that award to Mahomes probably every year from here until he retires, it seems like. <laughs> but I want to ask you about Ryan Tannehill, because it, now, now that I just said the MVP is, you know, kind of geared towards quarterbacks, that makes you wonder, hmm, does Ryan Tannehill have a chance? He's got a 23-4 to touchdown-to-interception ratio, but he's being overshadowed by Derrick Henry. He's not the best player on, on the team, but with, with the MVP kind of leaning towards quarterbacks anyways, is there even an outside shot for him to enter that discussion? Usually it's one player per team, but I absolutely agree that he deserves consideration because, you know, the Titans had Derrick Henry uh, until Tannehill entered the conversation uh, in mid-October a year ago. And when we saw just what a difference a good quarterback could make, uh, for that offense, you know, we've seen defenses have been putting eight, nine guys in the box trying to stop Derrick Henry, and they just keep, they figured out, Arthur Smith, just keep running him, and you're going to, especially this time of year, guys do not want to tackle a 6'3", 250-pound Derrick Henry, 
but you also have to make teams pay. And that's what Ryan Tannehill has been able to do. He's made them pay when they bring too many guys near the line to try and stop Derrick Henry. And, you know, we've seen that, you know, he's getting the ball out. He just, you know, I mean, he's had games where he's thrown it to nine different players. Uh, you know, they had not had a quarterback that had been capable of doing that in a very, very long time. So, you know, but again, I saw, you know, Steve McNair should could have been the MVP for his season in 2002. You know, guys, he, he went, he led that team from an ugly start to the AFC championship game. And in December, he missed five straight weeks of practice, started five games, won all five games, and yet couldn't crack that conversation. He had to play his way into it the next year when he split it with, with Peyton Manning. So, you know, Ryan Tannehill has the, you know, like, like Derrick Henry, he has a good track record from last year. And there's so many people in the league that needed to see him do that again to believe he's real. Um, but, you know, that's the thing. If Derrick Henry has, you know, that big December to remember, to steal from a commercial, uh, <laughs> he'll edge ahead of Tannehill. But if Ryan Tannehill is the guy who maybe takes advantage of some of that and, and keeps adding to his numbers, he, he could force his way into the broader conversation uh, with how he plays. He's it's close, though. Teresa, where we stand today, Derrick Henry has 16 total touchdowns. He's got 1257 on the ground so far, and the schedule is, sets up pretty well for him, not to mention that he kind of gets going around the week 10 mark. We've kind of seen him turn up his game in years past around that mark. He's got the Browns, the Jags, the Lions, I believe uh, the, uh, the, the Packers and the Texans to close out. He needs 148 yards a game to get to that 2,000 number. And I think once he hits that 2,000-yard mark, uh, the MVP talks could, could really intensify. What do you think about 148 yards a game with this pretty favorable schedule down the road here? Well, let's face it, he's got the Jaguars next week. So, I mean, he could get, you know, what, 200 against them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, chalk them up for 200. I mean, two years ago, he had 238 and the 99 yarders. So, uh, you know, he, he, that's the thing. It's December. Uh, could he play? That's the thing. He's had the great September, October, and November to put himself into this. When Chris Johnson ran for 2000 and 2009, that was the ugly start. They'd gone winless. They essentially rode Chris Johnson seeking 2K as a way to salvage something of the season. He was never, ever a threat to be in that MVP conversation. But again, Derrick Henry has got the other intangibles. This team is atop their division. Uh, you know, they're a team that was, an, you know, uh, on the mark for people, uh, somebody to, to hunt, so to speak, coming off of what they did last January. So, you know, if he gets to 2,000, which, you know, let's face it, I won't be surprised if he's in that conversation on January 3rd when they play at Houston. Uh, we might have a tracker on him to see what he, if he can get close to that. You know, and, and let's not forget, he might need to play because there's only one bye this year for the playoffs. They're going to need to play to make sure, you know, uh, maybe assured their seed at that point. You know, they may not have a chance to even rest Derrick Henry. So if he got to 2000, this team wins a division title, it's going to be, you know, that would be a really strong argument for him as an MVP. I and agree. And it'd be fun to watch. I, I think the NFL's also kind of keeping their eye on it because they uh, on the NFL's Twitter account, they just made Derrick Henry the cover photo in the background. So that has a lot of Titans fans excited, but I don't know really what that means <laughs> in terms of the MVP race. Hey, not it's, to brag, you know. 
it's great attention for a franchise. Let's face it, too many, it, it, you know, with the decade that this franchise has had and, you know, four straight nine and seven seasons didn't, didn't impress anybody, right? But what they're doing this year, because of what they did at the end of last season, has got the league's attention. And yeah, Derrick Henry, I mean, you know, that, that Josh Norman uh, stiff arm. Oh, yeah started kind of reminding people, hey, pay attention to this guy, and he has given them no reason to turn away. Well, so the offense is clearly, well, at least it, it over the last two weeks, I should say, or really the last five quarters, six quarters if you count overtime, I, you would say like the offense is back to normal, back to where it was at. They, they went through a little rut there in the middle of the season, but I, I don't think the offense is a problem on anyone's mind. My question to you is about this defense. This obviously they have struggled, but the last two weeks they've they've looked better. They've they've uh, you know really impressed. Do you think one? Uh, it's a two part question. One, do you think this defense it has the ability to make a run like they did in the playoffs, like they did last year? And two, why do you think this defense has kind of had this little bit of an uptick over the last couple of weeks? Is it is it more – is it something along the lines of, you know, you've got a lot of injuries, so a lot of young guys are kind of stepping up and playing for jobs essentially, and they're just balling out, or, or is it something else? I think that's a combination to it because we've seen – I mean, uh, you know, shoot, uh, David Long gets on the field Sunday after coming off the COVID list, had one walkthrough, and he plays uh, 36 snaps and played really well. And, and Mike Vrabel said he's going to be a big part of what they do moving forward. Uh, but – coincidentally the last two weeks there hasn't been some guy named Jadavian Clowney and uh, you know they've had to kind of you know they're making do so to speak and I think that may be helping them because you know Clowney as great as he is sometimes he's you know he's doing things you know he's running after things and you know kind of you know which is great when he makes plays but he hadn't had a sack this year so and I'll say this Breon Borders has gotten more comfortable in that defense Desmond King you know guy they trade for he He's gotten to learn the defense more. Uh, I'm really curious to see what happens whenever Adoree Jackson gets back on the field, you know, because that defense, it, it really settled in in the postseason with Adoree Jackson in that secondary with his speed. And whenever he is back, that's going to be an element that they desperately need and might be a, a final piece that clicks some more things into gear. But, you know, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of young guys. I mean, Tier Tart, I had to, you know, remind myself who this guy was. And yet when they're stepping up because of that, you know, remember when they came, brought in Mike Vrabel, there was all this talk about culture and, you know, hard, physical, aggressive football. And, you know, part of that is getting guys to buy in. And Mike Vrabel has gotten that locker room to buy in. It's not easy to do the homework and the study and paying attention in meetings, maybe, when you know you're not playing on Sunday. Um, you know, but, but the NFL, you're going to get hurt and you've got to have those guys ready. So, you know, they've gotten those kids to buy in and be ready to, to, to play when, when tapped, which is impressive. I, I've seen, you know, I've heard the next man up phrase forever. And I've seen many teams in this, fran you know, years of this franchise, guys just didn't step up in that fashion. So uh, that, that's a huge part of it. And, you know, youth will be served at times. You know, I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is in his second year and you watch him, you know, he's stepping up to lead the team. He's not waiting for, you know, to be a four or five year veteran. He's, he's doing it now. And I think that's kind of contagious among that unit. You mentioned Breon Borders and no one really exemplifies next man up 
quite like he does. He's yeah. in his fourth year in the NFL on his seventh team. He's kind of hitchhiked his way to the Titans, but he had his first career interception against the Colts. He's really done a magnificent job in, in kind of holding the wall, to use a Game of Thrones reference, uh, <laughs> just, just to, you know, buy time for maybe a potential Adoree Jackson return. But after reading, Gentry Estes had an awesome column on uh, on borders, kind of, kind of, you know, outlining what happened in his life. He's been through adversity, but he's the type of guy that doesn't doesn't shake in the in the face of adversity. And what do you, what do you see out of him? And do you think the Titans might start thinking about long term plans with Breon Borders involved? Well, absolutely. I mean, let's face it. Malcolm Butler is getting older. His contract, you know, is a thing that maybe you could get out of it after this year. And if you're going to look at keeping guys like Jonu Smith, they, you know, Daquan Jones, you know, do you think about trying to bring back Jayon Brown? You know, you've got to, you know, Corey Davis, anybody? Uh, yeah. You've got to save money at some places. So if Breon Borders can keep playing like this, you know, yes, you've got Christian Fulton that you drafted, but you know, you need as many good young defensive backs that you can, especially inexpensively. And he could absolutely be playing his way into a, uh, you know, into a future here with the Tennessee Titans. Because I mean, shoot, he could have had a pick six the other day. Yeah. And you know, so yeah, he played at Duke. He's a really smart young guy, and you know, he's he's proven that he can stick around through adversity and you know the fact that he just keeps getting more and more snaps shows that he has earned the coaching uh, trust over there with the titans which is key you uh you brought up Corey davis which Corey davis has a, a very special place in uh on, on this podcast he's uh he's it, last off season we spent every single week every guest we would have on the podcast we would ask them about Jadavian Clowney are the Titans going to sign Jadavian Clowney are the Titans going to sign Jadavian Clowney we got everyone's everyone in the Nationals take on that on on Clowney basically through this podcast now I feel like asking that about Corey Davis are the Titans going to go to the Corey Davis well again with how he's performed this year we 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 said at the beginning of the season, he's like a, uh, a banana that's kind of gone brown, and we're just hoping to uh, – hoping the Titans can make some delicious banana bread out of him, you know, like still find use for him before they throw him out. <laughs> but now with how well he's playing, you, you got to think, okay, maybe, maybe they can bring Corey Davis back. Like him complimenting A.J. Brown seems to be like the perfect tandem. Teresa, what do you think? Should the Titans sign him and – I guess also will the Titans sign them? I think the Titans should try to re-sign him. The issue is he may end up getting out, you know, overpriced. You know, another team that's got a lot of cap money might come in and just offer him a big deal contract. And in the NFL, when that happens, you've got to take it. Yeah. So that that's the biggest concern for, for me with him. And now the one thing that might play in the Titans' hands is, you know, we don't know what the cap situation is going to be next year, you know, with this pandemic situation and, you know, very few people in the stands. So that will affect the bottom line at some point. But if you could keep him, absolutely. But they're going to have to pick and choose between Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, and, you know, which piece do you think you, you know, can you live without? You know, so, you know, that's the problem. Remember, people were all upset that Logan Ryan was allowed to leave, that they traded away Jarrell Casey, you know, to, to, to keep the core. And, you know, they made it pretty clear. Their core right now is Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry for at least the next couple of years and, you know, putting pieces around that. And sometimes you just have to go cheap, and that means the draft. 
you don't you don't think a uh, hometown discount like you, you don't think we could talk them into like <laughs> hey Corey you know like hey remember when we drafted you in the first round in the, in the top 10 like what maybe maybe pay us back by uh giving us a little deal would you or Jack take and give somebody a hometown discount just to be sweet? Uh, Teresa, no. no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I would not. I, I would not in a, in, at all. Exactly. And guys, that's the point. I mean, you know, you, you would hope that he would come through and play great and show why the Titans drafted him at number five overall. He's healthy. We're seeing that. And it is great to see him and A.J. Brown together on the field having good games together, uh, because to me, that's a signal of what this offense can keep doing. I mean, guys, they left points on the, you know, on the field Saturday, Sunday in Indianapolis. They could have had more, and they still scored a season-high 45, and that is in large part to having a Davis playing the way he is opposite of Brown. You, know, you can't, you can't double-team A.J. Brown. I think teams were doing that maybe early in the season, and it's like, ooh, there's Corey Davis. And then, you know, so it's, this is a good, good problem to have for the Titans, and maybe, but, you know, just – Money, somebody's going to offer a big check. I mean, there's some teams out there that have lots of cap space. Maybe they just need to uh, go back to the draft and with their first round draft pick, draft someone that won't produce for another five years. Oh, sorry. No, that was mean. That was mean. I, we like Corey Davis here. We like Corey Davis. It just, it took a while for that flower to bud. You know, it's, it's yeah. the last flower of spring. His fourth season, not his fifth fourth season. season. Thank you. Right. Thank you. There we go. Teresa, while we're on the topics for wide receivers, everyone knows the situation with Corey Davis. He's shown some flashes this season. A.J. Brown seems to be the t- this team's number one for, you know, the, the future. Um, Adam Humphreys has been banged up a little bit. And with the move that happened in Houston this week, the Texans decided to let go of Kenny Stills. Uh, Stills and Tannehill had a rapport in Miami when they were playing together. Is there a shot that the Titans might bring in Stills and take a look at him? If I'm John Robinson, I don't know how you at least don't consider it because, yes, his connection with Tannehill, he's a guy who, when they've played Stills, has hurt them over and over and over again. And, you you know, the reason one of the reasons the Texans caught him is they wanted to give him a chance to play for a contender. The Titans are that. So I would think that the Titans would be attractive to them. I think the health of uh, Adam Humphreys, how close he is to coming out of the concussion protocol, will play a big key in this because... Because, you know, he was practicing last week, which is part of the steps you need to get cleared. If, if, he, if he's coming back this week and they know he's about to clear or has cleared the concussion protocol, then I think you got to stick with Adam Humphreys because you still have him under contract for two more years. And in a Titans offense that's been really just so prolific in the last year, since really Tannehill took over, uh, Arthur Smith's been a guy that's been, that gets a lot of credit and deservedly so, you know, to – to turn this Titans offense into the machine it is today is no easy feat. But with success, you know, comes other opportunities. And the coaching carousel has started to spin. We see the Falcons without a coach, the Texans, the, the Lions just parted ways with Matt Patricia. And I'm, I'm sure a couple more jobs will open up over the offseason. Is this the year that maybe Arthur Smith finally gets that crack at a head coaching job? 
I, I don't see how he doesn't get at least interviews. Uh, he's got he's had more production as an offensive coordinator than Matt Lafleur did, uh, and you know we've seen what Matt Lafleur has done with the Green Bay Packers. Now, granted, he's got Aaron Rodgers, but you know I, I, he's got he is on the list of top coaches that I've seen. Uh, you just don't know about fit, but you know he's got a resume. He's been around with so many coaches. You know, having worked at, with the Redskins to start uh, under Joe Gibbs, so you know he's been exposed to a variety of coaches and a variety of ideas. And watching him as a play caller is going to be exciting to somebody. So, I, I, you know, that's the thing. I'm expecting him to get interviewed, and uh, I won't be surprised if Mike Vrabel's going to have to replace another coordinator after this season. If he does leave, I'm, I'm looking out west to the Chargers. You know, I, I obviously would love for Arthur Smith to say, and Anthony Lynn has kind of been on the hot seat of late, but Arthur Smith, you can only imagine what he could do with Justin Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen. That, that just has me thinking. I would love for Arthur to stay, but if – if he were to go, I would want the best for him. And I think the Chargers might be one of those teams that might just work out perfectly. Well, I'll just say this, having seen the Chargers and the ownership issues and, you know, their mess. whole relocation mess, I might stay away from that situation, <laughs> given an opportunity. Well, All at right. least they have, they have tons of fans in Los Angeles <laughs> yeah. uh, to build around. <laughs> well, it's uh, never been a problem for the Chargers. Yeah. Well, at least they're not going to be in the uh, soccer stadium when fans come back. That's so. true. That's true. See, look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Teresa, I, I want to hop in the time machine with you for a second. Didn't you break the Jeff Fisher quitting story in uh, 2011? I, oh God, I've slept since then, but I don't, I don't know if I broke it or it was just one of those things that it came out, you know, with the, when you work for the Associated Press, speed is everything. So yeah. whenever I get something, I try to get it out there ASAP. So I, I will admit, I, I have slept since then. I cannot remember. I will tell you this, Mike Munchak was hired the day and introduced the day of my husband's 50th birthday, uh, February 7th, 2011. So uh, yeah, I was late to dinner at Maggiano's because of uh, the <laughs> Titans. So I will blame them for that. A fellow you, Pisces. I appreciate that. Yeah. Do you have any, like, do you, what's like the most memorable uh, story or um, yeah, I guess just like, like a story that you have that you remember breaking that was just like, oh my gosh, I've got this scoop. I, you know, well, a couple. Uh, I, I talked to Eddie George when, you know, the negotiations broke down between him and the Titans. And he's like, no, nah, you know, it was over at that point. You know, he was going to seek uh, opportunities elsewhere. It would have been nice if they could have worked everything out. But I was on the phone with him and broke that nut news. And, uh, and, and uh, I can't remember the year, but when Chris Johnson was getting his new contract, uh, I, I helped break that, that the Titans were, you know, wanting to make him the highest paid uh, running back in the NFL. So those, those are two of the nicer ones over the years. So, it, you know, it, it, I've got so much on my plate. Sometimes it's a little tough to break some of that stuff and yeah. you know, against writers who are doing nothing but the Titans. Um, but those were two nice ones. We, we, we had John, we had John Glennon on last week. You, you didn't happen to ever go undercover at Club oh, Karma, yeah. did you? <laughs> No, no. I, okay. I did, however, sit on the uh, under the trees across from Titans headquarters when they were doing the grievance hearing with Steve McNair and Peyton Manning watch in 2012. Oh, you know, who could forget? <laughs> I remember that. 
We had pizza delivered to us when we were doing the Steve McNair grievance because they wouldn't let us on the property and we were sitting over there under the trees, you know, watching and waiting. And, and when that grievance was over, baby, we, we rushed them in the parking lot to get reaction. That over there, there's like a, it's just like office parks, right? Like just the parking lots for like with trees. Yes. It, we At least we had shade that nice May day. I think it was May. So yes. <laughs> uh, nice. I will say this. Yeah. I, I actually got it. I got the call from uh, when, when McNair won his grievance. I was on vacation in For Florida and at a drugstore picking up medicine for my kid. And I got a call and I'm taking notes in the aisle uh, about, you know, about the hearing that McNair had won his grievance against the Titans. So. I love it. I love that. One more news story that might have to be broken here in the near future uh, involves Jeff Fisher. Uh, job just opened up on West End of uh, Vanderbilt football. I'm a big Vandy supporter. Um, make that hire make sense to me, please. <laughs> well, two things. He is a salesman. And that's something that Vanderbilt desperately needs, you know, as you're going on a fundraising campaign because, you know, you know, Candace Lee has talked this year about wanting to do things. And she made it very clear yesterday that the current new chancellor, you know, that there's alignment across the board. So it sounds like, you know, that they're going to try with this chancellor to, to compete and win. And to do that, they're going to have to up their facilities game. And you need a coach who can, who's a known commodity, Jeff Fisher certainly is, especially in this town, to people who have big checkbooks and maybe you could help that get some of those checks written to get the ball rolling toward you know I'm not sure what it is a team facility uh, has been mentioned in one end zone uh, I would love to see the whole stadium taken down and just rebuild that whole complex with Memorial the baseball stadium and the football stadium and bring it into the 21st century but uh, you know I, I could and I, I've heard his name for many months in connection with Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. But that said, this is gonna be Candace Lee's first hiring of any coach at Vanderbilt. And uh, you know, she made it clear yesterday, she believes that you can win at Vanderbilt. She was on two elite eight teams as a women's basketball player. So uh, I'm gonna be watching this very, very closely. I mean, the, the, the true model would be maybe a Will, Will Healy, you know, a guy who's young, up and coming, who's proven he can turn around a moribund program. We saw it at Austin P. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, Candace Lee mentioned that she wanted a, a coach with an offensive mindset. If he doesn't at least have a staff that is. So maybe Jeff Fisher uh, makes a call down uh, close to Hillsborough High School where Zach Mettenberger has taken the <laughs> reins as offensive coordinator for the Burroughs. What about that hire? Teresa, you don't have to answer that. Jack is obsessed <laughs> with Zach Mettenberger. It is, it's, it's kind of, it, it makes me sick to my stomach a little bit with how much he loves. Come loved on, get the Met show on West End. Put him inside Vanderbilt Stadium. That'll put butts in the seats. The, the Met show who was winless as a starting person. Yes. <laughs> oh, and, oh, bring 11, that up. oh, and 10? Well, yeah. It's irrelevant. The irrelevant. last I coach. heard. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. He hasn't, let's just, let's just. He hasn't gotten any wins since his uh, tenure as the Titans quarterback. So that's for sure. I, and well, Hey, if he, if they do get uh, Jeff Fisher, him, if he ever got them to a bowl, that would be his second music city miracle. But I'm bummed. Teresa, thank you so much for taking the time to join us uh, today. Uh, appreciate you just I, obviously like, as with the stories you just told you're always on the clock and so your and a, your job is never done so we appreciate you taking a you know a couple of minutes here to to sit down with us and answer all of our dumb questions uh, guys give her a follow at Teresa M Walker I'm not I'm not joking when I say this a wealth of of titans information and knowledge not just on Sundays throughout the week and with stories and everything and 
if you like the stuff A to Z Sports does, you'll love the stuff Teresa does because she covers everything within Tennessee. Give her a follow, Teresa M. Walker. Teresa, thank you, thank you so much for Thanks, doing this. Thanks, Teresa. My pleasure, uh, Austin and Jack. It was, it was fun. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Our thanks to Teresa Walker for joining us. AP uh, writer, just the best. Guys, go follow her. We are going to get into a segment, a newer segment that I absolutely love. It's a segment that we introduced a couple weeks ago, and it's it's quickly become one of my favorite segments. It, the segment is just called Let's Laugh at the Texans. Um, <laughs> I love this the, one. This one's my favorite. Houston Texans receiver Will Fuller and cornerback Bradley Roby have been suspended six games each for violating the NFL's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. Oh, now, Peters. I, yeah. The, the Titans yeah, haven't I, had anyone test positive this season. Taylor Lewan's been clean. He's Right? Yeah. Taylor Lewan's piss has been pure as gold yeah. this year. So, well, suck it, Texans. Yeah, uh, yeah suck, it, suck it, Texans. And look, what's even more funny about this is that the Texans spent all offseason trying to figure out the wide receiver position. And Will Fuller, mm-hmm. their number one wide receiver after trading DeAndre Hopkins, mind you. Yeah, la- last, week, last week, Will Fuller V had six catches for 171 yards and two touchdowns. The dude went off on Thanksgiving. And look, they, they brought in Brandon Cooks. They brought in Randall Cobb. They had Kenny Stills as part of that uh, Laramie Tunzel trade from the yeah. Dolphins a couple of years back. But now... Randall Cobb's on IR. They release Kenny Stills a day or two before they eventually find out that Will Fuller has tested positive. That wide receiving room. Look, the un, the least happy person in the NFL has got to be Deshaun Watson. What does man, this man have to do? I feel so bad for him, but at the same time, he plays the Titans twice of the year, so I don't really feel bad for him. Um, figure it out, maybe. Uh, the Titans quarterbacks had to deal with this problem ever, you know, for the last decade before AJ Brown arrived. But it, it all comes back to their strength and conditioning coach, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. They the the Texans don't need Bill O'Brien to get rid of their best players. <laughs> they can just they can turn they can hand those keys over to Brian Cushing, the man <laughs> most notably who got tagged for PEDs twice Two in times. his career yeah and so they're probably like i don't know if the texans just forgot about those but they were probably like well brian cushing's strong let's make him our strength and conditioning coach and sure enough they forgot of how he got so strong and now he is you know those who can't do teach i guess uh, i don't know if that applies here but brian cushing is now the strength and conditioning coach and i'm sure he's just passing out some of his his own stash He's like, hey, guys, here's some of my own private stash. You can have it. Take it home with you. Uh-huh. Ingest it. And uh, just make sure you don't get, don't let it leak into your piss. Never and, drink uh, anything that Brian Cushing gives you. I don't care if never. it's at a bar or at practice. If, if you Brian take away Cushing, one. Cushing hands you something in liquid form, throw it in the trash. Yeah. Well, I, I would even say powder form, any kind of form. If, like, if, if you take away one thing from this podcast this week, let it be this. Don't ever ingest anything that Brian Cushing gives you. <laughs> isn't, and, isn't I picture the way that Brian Cushing got hired as, you know, strength and conditioning coaches are are kind of different people, right? They're always yeah. on the sideline causing a ruckus. They're they're the guys they're are holding the coach's belt. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, 
but I feel like when Brian Cushing got hired, he kind of walked in. He walked into the office. Okay, the Texans, the Texas brass were standing there and say, "It's one of those jobs you really don't have to speak. You don't have to explain your resume. You walk in and you bring your muscles with you." Yeah, brass yeah. sits back. All right, turn around. All right, you're hired, Mr. Cushing. Just because you're jacked as hell, don't look. They didn't. They they, they completely forgot about the steroid situation. They right, shouldn't right. have. They didn't do no. the due diligence, and now they're missing probably their most talented offensive player that's not named Deshaun Watson. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. And Brian Cushing, Brian Cushing is like, for lack of a better term, if I had one word to describe Brian Cushing, it would be douche. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> he is one of those guys that is like, and we all probably knew one in college, just one of those guys that is a total meathead and and lives up to it, like keeps that meathead persona living today. And it's like, you know, it's like by 2020, like guys, I feel like guys just in general kind of mellowed out and like, don't feel the need to like drink motor oil and, uh, mm-hmm. and slap each other with steaks. <laughs> but Brian Cushing still does that. <laughs> and he's the kind of guy to me, Brian Cushing is the kind of guy who probably spent way too much time online this past weekend, uh, just commenting on, uh, tweets and Instagram posts about Sarah Fuller, you know, with stuff oh, like, yeah. well, uh-huh. well, let's see if she can take a hit or, you know, or like, wh- why didn't they get a mail kicker? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> or like, uh, <laughs> Oh uh, my gosh! If you said any of that online, you were just an idiot. Uh, girl, uh, I'm pretty sure girls have their own league. It's called the Lingerie Football League. Let's see, let's see Sarah Fuller in that league, bro. <laughs> Why is she gonna take a hit, dude? Like honestly, like, what are you talking about? There, there I saw so many dumb, oh, dumb takes God. on Sarah people. Fuller. There are so many people that like don't realize they're being like pretty sexist, and like it's just it's dumb. okay. Look, look. She, she's not going to be the greatest kicker to ever grace the earth. She's no, no, might be one of the worst, but it's still look. It's what Vandy. It's Vandy's cool. options are. Yeah, it's cool. And cool. they didn't have students on campus to try out. That's a whole different thing. But back to the Texans. Should we laugh at them? I think. Yeah, yeah. I think we should laugh at them. Ready? I'm ready. <laughs> the texans are the best running joke in the nfl i'm so i'm so glad that they are in the afc south how do the the jaguars have to just be sitting back smiling like Wow, we, like, we suck, but like at least we don't make complete asses of ourselves. Jaguars are like, we never, we never closed our beaches once through this entire pandemic, and somehow we're not the dumbest city <laughs> in this AFC South. <laughs> oh my God, the Texans. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being you, Texans. We do appreciate it. I feel like they're like the New York Knicks of the AFC South. Um, <laughs> That's a good, I like that, yeah. Um, all right, let's before we get to the remembrance Titan, we got to get to Mitch Ferkser. The reason we told Perfect. many of you to Great stick one. around for the, 
Mitch, did I just call him Mitch Ferkser? Yeah, ASAP Ferk, ASAP Ferkins. I like this. Ferkins. Mitch T. Ferkins, the great one. He'll tell you about it. Number one Titans fan, right? Yeah. I'm just gonna I, I'm just gonna set this up with we just we just started recording and just let it roll with. I didn't Mitch. know we, we were recording for like the first I, yeah. Years. I just we he was he he went off and so I'm just gonna play this in full because it is it's phenomenal, Mitch. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you are listening to this, oh, get him a game ball, Titans. Get, get this man a game ball. Oh yeah, yeah. And let's let's try and get Mitch Mitch Ferkins a game ball. He wants we the one the players have touched. Give him one that the players right. have touched. So here is Mitch Ferkins. <laughs> hey, and just a reminder, the Mitch Ferkins interview uh, gets a little bit vulgar. So if, uh, if 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 the language offends you or anything like that, you may want to skip ahead. Or if you got kids in the car or wherever you may be listening around other people, you may want to put some headphones in. Uh, it just it. Mitch has got uh, how we say a little bit of a mouth on him, uh, but it's fun and it's it's enjoyable. So I hope you guys enjoy this uh, this chat with our buddy Mitch Ferkins. Now I hate the Indianapolis Colts. My brothers are damn Colts fan. I know we had problems in Tennessee. Our fucking special per- teams. Perfect. Hold on, Mitch. Hold on. And one I knew, one and second, I knew Mitch. Coming coming down to Indianapolis, we was not going to lose two games against the Indianapolis Colts. And all I can say is Derrick Henry, the beast, ran right through those damn deep. I know we had players hurt. They got excuses. But we still run right through those damn defense. We run right through their defense. Did you say Derrick Henry ran through their dick? Yeah, and, yeah, if you want to say it that way, hell yeah. That's what I can say, yeah. Yeah, Exactly, oh. bro, yeah. Say what's on your mind, man. I'm drinking some beers tonight. I'm ready. I'm fired up about this shit. Let's go. I'm fired up about Cleveland. I'm fired up about winning the division. We're going to take the division. I'm, I know we're going to win the damn division. I'm telling you right now, we're going to win this damn division. We're taking it by storm. And that's well, in your tattoo on your arm. It's finally going to come true, right? I'm telling y'all. Bro, I'm going to tell y'all something. Tell us. That one tattoo was a Photoshop, but I'm about to get it fixed. I'm going to get it fixed. Okay. I had all these motherfuckers on there running their mouth about me. Oh, you doing this tattoo. We doing it. But guess what? It's going to be done right, and it's going to be a 2020 AFC South Champs this year. It's going to happen. I guarantee it. It's not going to lose this year. There's no damn way in hell, bros. It's going to lose this year. There's no damn way in hell. I'm telling you, it's no damn way in hell. Mitch, show us the show us the tattoo. There oh, it is. Hell yeah. <laughs> there it is. Hell yeah. 2020 AFC South champions coming up, right? Coming up. It's coming up, bros. And hey, what, what's what, what do you think about the Colts or the, the Browns game this weekend? Baker Mayfield, they're eight and three, too. Yeah. They might be eight and two, eight and three, but they're gonna be eight and four when King Henry runs right through that damn defense on their ass. He's gonna run right through. He's going to put them sons of bitches in the Cumberland River and send them back to Cleveland, Ohio with a damn big fat L. I'm telling you right now exactly what's going to happen, bros. I'm telling you. They it, cannot stop King Henry. Just like he just like he threw uh, Josh Norman in the Cumberland River, right? Exactly, bro. You're 100% correct, bro. <laughs> what about the Jaguars? The Jaguars are on the schedule. We have to beat them one more time. I know you don't oh like them. Oh, my God. They might as well just force at this game. They don't have a chance in hell. They might as well just give us a division. It's over with. We beat the Colts. That's it. We split. The Colts is done. We got the tiebreaker. They're probably going to lose to the damn Texans Sunday. They're probably going to lose to the Texans. 
And, I, hey, Mitch, I don't know, man. I, I heard some people talking about how uh, Baker Mayfield uh, this weekend is is really – he's really putting something together, and he's going to throw it all over this Titans, you know, makeshift secondary that they got. I'm going to tell you about Baker Mayfield. Let him throw them Brandon Borders possession. He'll get his ass picked off real damn quick. Let him throw it. Let him throw that football. I hope he throws it. Let him throw it two or three times. What's going to happen if he throws it? He's going to get his ass picked off. <laughs> Picked off, bros. Picked off. Are the Titans going to get pressure? Are they going to get sacks this week? We need them. We need that D-line to get some sacks this week. Simmons is coming. Landry's coming. He's going to be in the damn mud two or three times in the damn mud. He's coming to the mud, and we're going to send him to Cumberland River and go back to Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio, with your losers with a big fat L. Yeah. So, so what do you think? What do you think is going to be the difference between the Browns and the Titans on Sunday? Like, who's 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 going to be the one that separates these two teams in this eight and three pack that they're in? I'm telling you, they better come to the run defense. If not, King Henry's going to run them over. I've told you from the start of this, he's going to run them over. They better have their defense ready because he's going to run them over. Will he run through the? Will, will Derrick Henry run through the Cleveland Browns dick? Hell, yes, he will. They ain't got no dick. Derrick Henry runs through it. He's going to knock it off their asses. Oh, my gosh. He's knock it off. Just straight circumcision. Exactly. Wow. Exactly, gonna... bro. What, what do you think about the Texans and, all, and the steroid allegations? I'm so tired of the Houston Texans. Uh, I got a bunch of haters on my side to say, oh, it's Houston Texans. I don't care about the Houston Texans. Yes, they got Deshaun Watson. I'll get Deshaun Watson the promise. He's a hell of a quarterback. But he's got to have players to play with him, or he can't do nothing. What What's your next tattoo idea? Do you have any uh, tattoo ideas on the horizon, maybe for the I future? I got one exactly right now, sitting right here on this table in front of my TV. What is it? King Mitch. King Mitch. King, King Mitch. Mitch. King Mitch. The great King one. Mitch. Wow. So so let me get this. So we've got King Henry. Yeah, we're about to have King Mitch, and we've got Desmond King. We got three kings in Nashville. Three kings exactly. <laughs> and the one thing I bros, I'm gonna change the subject on y'all right now. Go ahead. But, but the great Mitch Perkins, all he wants for Christmas is a damn game football. That's all I want is a game football. Well, they wait need a to hook me up, bro. What do you want? A, do you want a game? Do you want a game ball or do you want them Fan to win the game? Out? Well, he wants both, right? I want one where the players has touched the football. I want the Titans logo on the football. It's all I want, bros. I deserve that. I think I deserve that, bros. Yeah, sure. I think I, you do. I don't think anyone's disputing that. I mean, you don't even have a shirt on right now. Like, I, my question is, would you rather have the AFC South championship than win the AFC South, or would you rather have a football? Oh, y'all can't put me in this predicament. I'm just uh -oh. saying, bitch. Oh, I mean, uh -oh. like, look, it's a Sophie's choice, I know, but you got to pick one or the other. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> y'all put me in the predicament now. Mitch, do, do you have a what, do you have tattoos on your back, right? Yeah. What you got on your, is it the football field? I don't have it colored in quite yet. I got some of it colored in. Okay. Okay. Can you show can, us? Can you, can you give us a look? Yeah, can you give if us a little pearl? If I can see it, I'll try. Okay. I don't know if I can yeah. see. Not to go like all, all creeper, but why don't you go give us a spin there, Mitch? Oh, uh, the red zone. Okay. Okay. Get that red zone colored in. Now you're working. Titans. Hey, that's the best tramp stamp I've ever seen, Mitch. I say, yeah. Is that is that is that the is 
do you have it to proportion? Is that this? Is it the south end zone that's closest to your ass? Yes. Okay. Good. Perfect. People's always telling me, "Why do you get the Titans upside down?" I said, "Dumbasses, do you know a football field? <laughs> you don't get the hell off the damn shit, bro. You gotta know the football. It's upside down, you dumbass." Jeez, there are way there. I'll tell you what, Mitch. There are way too many dumbasses in this world that just don't get things. You know. I'm gonna tell y'all about the Colts game. Henry run right through him. I love Tannehill, but come Cleveland. I'm going to Music City Saturday night to stay in a motel right across the stadium. And come 6 o'clock, I'll be up drinking my Bud Light Platinum Seltzers at 6 o'clock. Oh, you're, you're on the Seltzers now. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Hey, you got to watch those carbs. I get it. I get it. Uh, Mitch, are, so wait, did, you, did I hear that correctly? You're staying at the stadium inn? Exactly. No, oh no not the stadium inn, the quality oh. inn right across from the stadium. Oh, the Holiday Inn. Okay. Holiday. All right. And okay. wait, Mitch, have you ever eaten at that Shoney's across from the stadium? Oh, the, everybody, I go in that place. They all know me. They oh, all yeah. know me, man. Well, of course. Everybody knows me. Everybody knows Mitch Ferkins. I mean, if there's only, I'm pretty sure there's only one person who has a 2018 AFC South Champions tattoo on their forearm, and that's Mitch Ferkins. <laughs> you know, I've got hail from a lot of people, but you know what? I, I quite frankly don't give a damn. You know the truth about it. I don't hey. care. That I made you. you. That made you. That's your origin story. Every I'm superhero, a loyal, true fan, man. That's just every, how I am. Every yeah. superhero has an origin story, and you getting that too, tattoo is yours. So, And uh, frankly, I mean, like, it, you wouldn't be Mitch Ferkins without it. I, I Look, and, and you're right. You want to talk about true fans? How many other fans have a, have a, a tattoo on their forearm? Look, look first at all, all how many, He's got a how many fans have a tattoo that say number one Titans fan across their sternum? And how many fans have a, a, a tattoo that brags about winning their division championship in a year that they didn't even win their division championship? So I, I would agree with you. You are the truest of true Titans fans. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I deserve a damn football. <laughs> if I have to, I will run on that damn field and I will get me, I might go to jail, but I'll get me a damn game ball. Mitch, I'll come with you. Hey, one more thing before we get you out of here. Which fan base do you hate the most? I, the Colts the Colts are bad. The Jags, they, they like to talk a little bit. Which yeah, one do you Texans, hate the most? Ra- hey, we'll throw Ravens in there. Ravens? Oh, what, y'all get me in a tough situation now. You hate them all? I hate all three of them. I hate all three of them. But the worst one is the Indianapolis Colts. I cannot stand them horseshoe bitches. They, yeah. they got their ass whipped. They got what they deserved. They got yeah, they got they got kicked in the teeth by uh When I walked out of Nissan Stadium that night, there was people all over my ass. I said, Well, y'all wait till we go to Indianapolis and you'll have your asses whipped. And guess what? The one and only great Miss T Perkins, guess what? Derek Henry whipped their damn ass in Indianapolis. Love Mitch, it, Mitch. Do you have a do you have a prediction for uh Sunday? Do you have a score prediction for us? I'm coming off right now, I'm telling you right now. Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill, 250-some yards, three touchdowns. Derrick Henry, 150 yards, couple of touchdowns. I'm going 38 to probably 24. Titans win. Okay. Hell yeah, Mitch. I think so, too. I, I think that's going to – A.J. Brown, he going to get a score? He's going to get a score at least, right? A.J. Brown to get a touchdown. Yes, sir. Yes, he will. Uh, what about Jonu? He's on my fantasy team. Is, is he going to get a touchdown again? I'm going to tell you all about Jonu Smith. I'm the head – he talks to me on Twitter. I am not lying to y'all. He talks to me on Twitter. 
What are y'all talking Johnny about? Smith. I got his uh, autograph on my arm tattoo. Y'all want to see it? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. There's nothing I want to see more than that. There it is. 81. There it is. Johnny Smith. 81 right there in the flesh or on the flesh, I guess I should say. <laughs> John o. Smith. Is, I love John o. Smith. He's a great guy, man. I love him to death. He's the best. Who's your all-time favorite Titan? Oh, y'all put me in another predicament here. Right? <laughs> hey, another Sophie's choice. We're, that's just what we're doing here. I'm telling you right now, I had to go with Steve McNair. I hate, mm -hmm. uh, Steve McNair is my greatest Titan court. He's my start. Titan quarterback. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, he's mine too. I, 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 I think, think that's the right choice. Yeah. There's probably but I'm going to give y'all one more prediction before we get off of here. Okay. The Chiefs were coming for me. It's going to be the Titans and the Chiefs, the AFC Championship game again this year. And they're not beating their ass. They're not going to pull all this bullshit, Patrick Mahomes running around for damn football. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amani Hooker is going to tackle him when he, when he uh, runs out of that, uh, exactly, out of that pocket yeah. this time. Yeah. David Long, Roberson, they're going to get after him. Right. Rashawn Evans. One more thing. I know I'm keeping y'all longer than No, go saying, right ahead, Mitch. Is there any way y'all might be able just to try to get you a game ball? To get you a game ball. Look, look, the Titans listen to this podcast. Right. right. We got Young Buck played in the stadium. Uh, we, we had Young Buck on this podcast. We, we got him his music played in the stadium. I'm not going to lie to you, Mitch. This podcast has some pool now. We mm -hmm. have a little bit of pool. I will tell you also this. We have no relation like we have no relation with the actual Titans. Like we have no we don't work for the Titans. We are completely uh we are our own from the franchise. Yes. I understand, but but we could what, we could the, we could try. They we can, all know who I am. They know who I am. Every damn one of them does. I know they do. Oh, I oh, know yeah. it too, Mitch. Everyone knows. John because Smith Jayon knows. Brown threw me his uh, hat up in the fan, uh, stands when we played the Bills. I was close. I was on back behind the Titans team. He threw me his hat, and I got it. I'm going to show it to you. Hell, yeah. Show it to it. Oh, that's Look at sweet. That, that oh, is pretty man. sweet. That's one that's of those, like, sweet. Marty McFly back to the future oh. hats right there. All right. So, well, look, Mitch, I'm not going to promise you anything. We're not going to promise you that we I understand, bro. I understand. I understand. We will, we will do our part. We will, we will start the uh, <laughs> get, Mitch get Mitch a game ball. Yeah. Hashtag, yeah. We'll get it, try and get it trending in, uh, at least within Nashville or, or within the uh, zip code of the stadium, I guess, uh, at very best. But, yeah, Mitch, first of all, thanks for taking the time to do this. For, for those that Absolutely, don't know, Mitch, Mitch – downloaded zoom just to do this interview bro i love all of y'all i love my titan family I, love, I ain't got nothing against nobody man i love everybody man besides the jags fans and colts fans yeah except for the jags man, Texans. exactly them yeah. damn idiots but by versa i love everybody else i believe the quote was those horseshoe bitches uh yeah, them horseshoe bitches yeah <laughs> that's right Mitch, Mitch, thank you for, for uh coming. thanks for taking the time man and uh what's what's the last thing you got to say if hey and we're not going to say they don't, but if, if Titans, if actual Titans players listen to this podcast, what would you say to them to hype them up for not only the Browns game, but the rest of the season? I say, take Terry Henry and run them right straight through their damn states and run them right through the damn end zone and get King Henry his 2,000 yards, what he deserves. And he's probably getting it close to it. I hope he gets, I want him to get it, but if he comes inches, just let him have what he gets. That's all mm -hmm. I got to say for King. And Ryan Tannehill, 
Tannehill, I love Tannehill. He's come in and proved what he can do for the Tennessee Titans. And uh, one last run through their dicks. Exactly, bro. Run through their dicks. Small, little, big, medium. I don't give a damn. Run through their dicks. <laughs> oh, you're the greatest, Mitch. Mitch, Thank the you, great Mitch. one, Perkins. I love y'all, bro. I'm glad y'all got me on here. I love y'all. Hey, Thanks we love you, on. Mitch. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Tighten up. Tighten up. My goodness. I don't know how we follow that. Well, I know how we follow it. We got to do Remember the Titan and What's Next. But I, Mitch, that was insane. That was a wild ride. And I, I appreciate him joining us. And if you see Mitch around the stadium, which you probably will, if you see him around games, tell him you heard him on the Titan Up podcast. Let him know. Yes, and uh, absolutely. We got to, Jack, I'm not joking about this. We got to drop some of that video too. Oh, that we recorded video of the, of the interview. We got to drop it on our socials because it is, it's a trip, man. And I, he's awesome. Uh, and uh, I, I, I have nothing, I have nothing I can say that can kind of put a cap on what we just witnessed. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going go to go right into remember the Titan. Uh, it's a weekly game of, we just play remember that guy, but with the Tennessee Titans, I'll go ahead and start. I'm going to, my, my remember the Titan this week. Who was it? Chris Sanders. Seven Ooh. years in the league uh, with the Oilers and Titans. I love Chris Sanders. I, I loved him when I was a young, young Titans fan. Um, he was a third-round draft pick out of Ohio State. I didn't really love that fact about him. Um, but uh, it was nice because he was already there a year early before Eddie George got there. So they were probably, you know, Buckeye buddies. I don't know, whatever they call each other but 177 receptions in the league 3,285 yards receiving so a really respectable career 17 receiving touchdowns but this is my favorite thing about his uh his career and not to put him down at all because i love chris sanders he holds the record for the fewest rushing yards in a combined career games uh after the afl nfl merger four carries in his career okay Negative thirty six yards. Oh my gosh! What happened? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know because he's so fast. He ran track at Ohio State. Like the dude is incredibly fast. I don't know. I maybe maybe he tried like the the Tecmo Bowl uh, Bo Jackson move and just got tackled. (laughs) Like he just ran backwards. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, he was known. He was nick. His nickname was Tippy Toes. And it says here as as a college player for his graceful gait. Um, I, I actually know that's not that's not necessarily true. I mean, maybe people were like, "Wow, look at his graceful gait." Let's call him Tippy Toes. Maybe that's true, but I know that for a fact, people called him Tippy Toes because he walked on his tippy toes. I went to a Chris Sanders football camp back in the day when I was a young middle schooler, and he he showed up to his own camp, which is hit or miss to be honest with you with most NFL players, if they even show up to their own camp, but he showed up and he spoke and they talked about how, in fact, it rained. So we had to go into a gymnasium for a bit. And so we, he had to speak. And so he spoke to us and they talked about how he always walks on his tippy toes to build up his calf muscles, to build up his speed. I took that as a young child and I ran with it. And now I too walk on my tippy toes and I still do like as not even by, like I'm not even like trying to build up my calf muscles anymore because I don't play sports anymore. But I I 
I just do it as habit now. And people always mention that. They're like, awesome. Do you know you talk, walk on your tippy toes? And it's like, well, it's also because, you know, I could, I could use an inch or two. Yeah. So it helped Ooh, there. Have but... you seen my calves, sir? Yeah. You know, it's one of those. That's a good last one. thing about last thing about CJ is uh, or uh, Chris Sanders, his son CJ, child actor, best known for his role as young Ray Charles in the movie Ray. How about that? Oh. Also, played, played, he played football at BA and then Notre Dame. Yes, Notre Dame. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah, uh, wide receiver at Notre legal. Dame. So, Chris Sanders, my remember the Titan. That's a good one. Mine is also pretty local. We're we're gonna stick with a guy who played at Vanderbilt before he arrived in Tennessee. Well, arrived at the Titans at least. Javon Hay. Javon Hay was a mainly rotational D lineman when he arrived with the Titans, but he started 16 games in two seasons. He played in 29, and like I mentioned, he was out of Vanderbilt. He had half of a sack in his career. Uh, he, he was one of those guys, he was a, he was a plug. He, he was just a, a plug in multiple you know, senses. You plug him in, and he also was a run plug. He was a big guy in the middle. He's an interior D lineman, so we would clog holes. Javon Hay now is a defensive line coach at Vanderbilt. Now, look, with the news that happened here, what was it, on Sunday? Who knows if he's going to stick around? But he, Javon Hay was a serviceable Titan. He Look, he was one of those guys. That, he, he was here in 2009 and 2010. Uh, not exactly the glory days for the Titans. No. Um, but he, but he's one guy that I remembered as a kid just from being a Vanderbilt fan that eventually, you know, you cheer for the few guys from Vanderbilt that make it to the pros. Javon Hay was one of those guys. He was great at Vandy. Wasn't as great in the NFL, but he look, he did good to hang around for about six seasons. So Javon Hay this week is my remember the Titan. Yeah, when Javon Hay was on the field, you're not running through that defense's dick. Yeah, I can tell you right now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the, uh, what's next? The Cleveland Browns. Gosh, I hate the Browns. I just uh, hate them. Why do I, I hate them? They, and they, I know they, I shouldn't because they 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 haven't been worth a damn in forever. Um, but I just hate them. They got their asses stomped by the Titans last time. It looks opening day or opening weekend of the NFL season in 2019. AJ Brown's first game goes for 100 yards. Titans just slap the the Browns all over the field. Miles Garrett did have two sacks though, but I think the Titans will game plan around him this time around. Hopefully, at least. Look, eight and three doesn't look. It just doesn't look natural next to the Cleveland Browns name. No, right? I feel like I'm in a dream right now. Like a, it's a weird dream that I'll try to explain to my wife when I wake up and and she'll be like, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> could you like, could you even imagine? Like, I can't even like my brain just like gets in a knot. Just me trying to imagine the Browns at nine and three. I, I'm, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking like, did they, did, is this preseason? Is this still preseason? Like, did they? Or, or like, or maybe, maybe record, yeah. are they, are they actually four and three and four of those wins were in the preseason? Like, I don't, because we didn't have, I don't know. I'm just so, I'm so I'm blown away. Like it's, it's so weird to see the Browns and, and I'll, look, I don't want to, I don't want to crap on them because they are eight and three and same record as the Titans. So, I mean, if you're going to crap on the Browns, I guess we buy. No, but, but the, 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 Browns are, the Browns are as ugly of an eight and three team as it gets awesome because but, they're, but they're, their defense is good though. And their yeah. defense is legit. Like it's obviously they held the, um, what they held the Texans to seven points or, or three points a couple weeks ago. And yeah. that's a pretty seven point Texas. The, the weather was, the weather was atrocious there. I can't give them what the, all, all I'm saying is sorry. Something popped the, up. The, the, the Browns defense, the Browns defense is, is 
legit. And I think we do need to respect that part. The Baker Mayfield side of things, gosh, if they don't sack him, get him to turn the ball over a couple of times, I like you have to. It's Baker Mayfield is is kind of regressing as this season goes on a little bit. The Titans are built similarly to to the Browns in that their best players are in the backfield. Nick Chubb, whether it's Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, they're he's better. They're better than anything else that they have now that LBJ is done for the year. But when you look at the Browns' eight wins, look at some of these teams they beat: the Bengals twice, the Washington Football Team, the Cowboys, the Texans, the Eagles. The Jaguars, and yes, the Colts. The Colts is their one decent win, one win over a team that, that has a, a, an above 500 record. They're, they're fraudulent. I'm calling them the F-words. They are frauds. Wow, wow. And Austin, something to watch this week. What? A.J. Brown has been a touchdown maniac this year. He's, yes. He scored a touchdown against every single AFC North team. He scored one against the Ravens. He's, he's, he's scored against the Steelers. He's scored against even the Bengals in the loss. Okay, okay. He did not have a touchdown in week one when he did go for 100 yards in 2019. I think A.J. Brown has a huge day against – I think A.J. Brown has a huge day against the Browns, and I think that taking him to get find the end zone this week might might be beneficial. Are you calling A.J. Brown revenge game? Is that, is that what well, you're saying? Well, not really a revenge game. I'm saying I think A.J. Brown matches up well against this Browns defense, and I think that if you were to take him in a gambling scenario to score a touchdown in the ballgame, uh, you you might see a, a bit of money come your way. Oh, I think you're you hinting at a. I think you're hinting at a, a potential uh, best bet, maybe. Uh, my best bet. My yeah, best. So. Is that a is that a hint? At, well, uh, find out Saturday. Find out Saturday. I won't. Morning, no, right I won't say anything. Uh, yeah, my lips are sealed. Uh, but I also I also heard revenge game uh, for not getting that touchdown <laughs> in week one last year. Uh, the. Um, yeah, Baker Mayfield. Uh, I just hope he misses wide open receivers in the end zone like he did last week too, because that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. That was very funny. He's not that. Good. Um, He's really not. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how they yeah. win that. They compete in that division. When you look at the other three quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Big Ben, where does Baker fall? You know, like, <laughs> how are you going to uh, win a division with him running the show? If you keep Baker Mayfield from dancing, I think you're in a. Things will look up for you on Sunday. So just that should be the at the end of the day. Don't let Baker dance. Don't let him do it. Titans uh, go out there and win. Uh, guys, this is this is the Titan Up podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Titan Up Pod. Hit us up on Instagram at Titan Up Podcast. Um, hit Jack up on Twitter. Jack A Gentry on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Austin Huff. Uh, Jack and I both love to just post ridiculous things about the Titans uh, all hours of the day. Hit we us up. Let us know what you loved the about truth. the podcast. We we, t- we tell the truth on Twitter. We do tell the truth. Yeah, we don't run. We don't hide. No, we, we don't hide from anything. The Titans. But yeah, give us a follow. Give the podcast, most importantly, a follow at Titan Up Pod on yeah. Twitter, at Titan Up Podcast on Instagram. Rate, us, review, uh, subscribe. Yes. Yeah, leave us your uh yeah uh, if you if you if you haven't left a rating or a review or even if you have leave us another one um leave us a review and just just say tighten up podcast runs through all other podcast dicks yeah or, or um, yeah rate or i mean review at least the, the mitchell firkins interview let's yes. what you thought about that yeah say say yeah say tighten up idiots uh get uh get two stars mitch firkins gets two stars 
and uh, Buck gets one star. Five-star rating. Sounds good to me. Five-star rating. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate every single one of you. And, uh, yeah, let's keep this train rolling. Let's keep the momentum going. Let's get. Let's go Titans. Ty, uh, and, uh, Jack, you got anything for the road? Nope. Nothing. No. Okay. There you go. Great. <laughs> Perfect. That's all we needed. Let's go. If that, doesn't get, if that no didn't get you fired up, I don't know what will. Hey, until next week, tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the 